Are you ready to find the missing link in your wellness journey? Do you want to learn how specialized women-owned businesses can collectively help you achieve the goals you want for your mind, body, and soul? Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy, and Molly Atala, former teacher and manager of Orthopelvic. Together, we are on a mission to help women know that there is help for whatever their needs are. From cosmetic tattoo artists to naturopath doctors, we break down different methods and treatment that women may not know are available to them by drastically improving their quality of life. We believe that no one can achieve the results they desire going down one path with one practitioner. And that is why we come together to collaborate. This podcast is for all women, especially for those who want more information on improving their overall well-being and would like to learn about methods and treatment and care that they may be unaware of. So let us connect the pieces of the puzzle for you. While listening, you will learn about local female-run businesses and understand that when providers work together to have a collective approach, we can reach the best outcomes for you. Let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Collaborative Connections by Orthopelvic PT. Today, we are graced to have with us the incredible Candy Barricat Donovan. You guys can't see her, but she's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. She is known for, I would say, some bold and daring ensembles. She's not afraid of a print. She is not afraid of a pink eye. Tonight she's got a today she's got a beautiful pink eyeshadow on. Yeah, absolutely. It's enthralling to be with you as always. But yeah, please, Candy Barricad Donovan, one half of Like a Sister Support. We're so excited for you to be on here and share with us what it is that you do, what inspired you to get there, and really we'll speak to a lot of women in business today. Thank you for having me and my co-founder. And real life sister Tiffany Miller says hello. She's wrapping up a few things before going on maternity leave. And by the time this episode is out, she likely will have already had her baby. She says hello. And we chatted a little bit in advance of this interview. So I have her perspective and mine. And I'm really excited to chat with you guys. Awesome. And congrats, Tiffany, by the time this comes out. Baby number two, that is incredible. So yeah, so like a sister support has some incredibly needed and incredibly compassionate services that you all offer that I think clearly was born out of need, but tell us a little bit more. Who are you? What do you do? What inspired you to fill this niche? Sure. So Tiffany and I are four years apart. We, she's, like I said, is having her second baby and I have three kids. And so she was having her first at around the same time I was having my third baby And we really supported each other through our pregnancies and through our postpartum experiences. And we just realized that even when you have a support system, even when you have a lot of privilege, even when you, even if you've been through it before, that it's really easy to still have lots of obstacles and to even slip through the cracks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so at some point when we were talking in those early weeks after having our babies, we were like, not everybody has what we have, right? Not everybody has a sister by their side to listen without judgment, to help them problem solve, to encourage them on those tough days, but everybody needs that. So Mm -hmm. we got through that early postpartum and our own experiences really affected us. So for me, going from having two kids where I could do a fairly good job of 
juggling everything to adding a third where you're just, you're swimming in very deep waters was challenging because I could not just try hard or run faster, so to speak, to keep up with everything. It was really- You couldn't will yourself through it. Exactly. There's no amount of being organized or positive or whatever that can overcome the fact that you're still just one person. For Tiffany, she had a rocky road those first few weeks with her baby. Her baby got a respiratory infection. It was really challenging. Feeding was challenging. And she ended up dealing with postpartum anxiety, which took her totally by surprise. And Tiffany is very proactive about her mental health. And of course, we both knew that perinatal mood and anxiety disorders are a major risk factor for any pregnant and birthing person. But even knowing those things, she had some terrible experience. Providers who, even when she was actively seeking help, would tell her things like, just try yoga or try to get more sleep, which is not super helpful when you're a brand new, especially first time parent. And so that was really formative for her. She decided that she just wanted to be a change agent in that space Mm. because she had such a difficult time. So we decided that we were going to slowly roll out our own business. So we switched careers. So my background is in marketing, medical marketing and communications. She is trained as an elementary school teacher and we decided we were going to pursue some additional training. So she got trained as a postpartum doula and I pursued my certified lactation counselor training and got certified with that. And we did a ton of mental health training. We did trauma-informed care training Mm -hmm. and we thought, okay, this was like in 2019. We're like, okay, we're going to slowly start working on this business. We're going to call it like a sister. Maybe we'll go to people's homes and provide baby feeding support and postpartum care. And then of course COVID happened. And all of a sudden we were getting calls from like friends or friends of friends that were having babies saying, Hey, I know you guys are starting in this space and my mom was going to come visit, but now she can't. Is there anything Mm. you can do for us? Or I was going to have my best friend come stay with us, but now that's not possible. Help me out here. Can you provide anything, any kind of support? So all of a sudden there were all of these people who were trying to support loved ones from afar or Mm. support when we were all just totally locked down and isolated. Of course, there was a rise in mental health issues. We all lived through it. So we thought, why don't we just try offering our services virtually? And we did. And very quickly, we had clients literally from the East Coast to the West Coast. We were no mm-hmm. longer constrained by geography. We, the model of virtual care. Do you remember those days when we were all just starting to use Zoom? Oof. That, that it seems like it was yesterday, but also a really long time ago. There are a lot of mental health care providers, for example, who were really slow. A lot of healthcare providers in general were just really slow to, to jump on that train of providing Mm -hmm. virtual care. And of course the pandemic forced everybody to do that. So all of a sudden, not only were we able to provide our services, but we had this network of healthcare providers who they could provide their services virtually. And as we started to, again, build that network of other providers, we realized like, this is actually a service people really want and need. There's nothing better when you're a brand new parent with a newborn than not having to leave your cozy little bubble and put on pants and (laughs) go out in the world. Tiffany has tops. Or you know, top, you know, some of us right? are, are topless for two months and that's great. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of good skin to skin. Tiffany has some horror stories about taking her newborn daughter. And again, this was pre-COVID out for that first appointment with a mental health care provider and sitting in the waiting room. Mm. Together. It's just like a lot when you have a brand new baby. And so you have a lot more flexibility when you have that virtual health care model. So we thought, okay, we'll do this through COVID and then we'll figure out where 
our business should go, but it's turned out to be such a popular model and we've really found our niche that now all of our services are virtual and we've expanded to classes and digital printable resources. And we have this whole host of services that we can use to support new and expecting parents. I love that. And I want to address a couple of the things that you said. One, with Tiffany's experience of really being vulnerable and attempting to be proactive with her postpartum mental health and being told to take a yoga class, things like that. That is like such one of the reasons why we started this podcast and why we started Orthopelvic PT as well, just because there are far too many experiences of people working with not informed, not compassionate providers. And through this medium, if we can connect more and more women to people who truly specialize in their business and who are coming at it from a very compassionate standpoint, compassionate and knowledgeable standpoint, this is what people need. And we really can clearly, we focus on local women-owned businesses, but the great thing is that pretty much all of us are available in some capacity or another worldwide, which is so amazing with this online healthcare model and with being able to reach people that way. But those are the kind of stories that really fire us up. And we're hoping by providing people with an arsenal of care providers in all of these different areas that they maybe didn't know that they needed help in, then we're in a sense also trying to be like that sister of saying, oh, I know it's so hard to sift through these things online. Let me tell you my go-tos and let me tell you my recommendations. So I'm just so happy that we get to collaborate in this way and really bring more awareness to what you guys do, but also really the necessity of it. And in the time that we're still living in, where when people are having their newborns, those newborns are still super susceptible to COVID. And there's still, people are still really, a lot of people are really tucking in when they're having their new babies, depending on like the status of their relatives and things like that and themselves, because those sweet little babies are really vulnerable. You make a really good point. And I think the reason why our companies have had synergy from the very beginning is because like us, for you guys, it's about a lot more than just individual patients that you see. You're really good educators, for example, and you really empower your patients. So full disclosure, I've been a patient as well as sent my clients to you guys. So I've seen it from both sides. And first of all, every time I've ever come and seen one of your providers, I'm like taking a ton of notes because I'm learning so much about how a body works and mm. just, and you guys are a fount of information. And so we hope to do the same thing with our clients. The, the goal is to empower people and educate them so that when they, you, know, you do send them on, your, on their way, they left better than they were before and that they're doing it their own way. Like we don't have a method. We're not teaching people a method. We're not telling them there is a one right way to do things. We're helping them find their own path. And I felt that way when I came in as a patient with you guys, as you guys were helping me figure out what was right for my lifestyle, as opposed to prescribing this sort of very regimented approach. Absolutely. I think we have that very much in common. And in terms of where we go forward as providers, it's really interesting because now people are not limited by, again, geography. I know that you guys see people virtually. They can pick and choose healthcare providers, care providers that are inclusive, that are special, have specialties in their area. That are, that's really important. And not only that, that they don't have to just accept any kind of care or mm. any kind of support or provider. So we have a lot of clients who maybe they don't have like a village of people around them, or maybe they do, but quite frankly, those people are not the most helpful people. 
they're not who you would want there in your postpartum. People who either are geographically isolated or who have lost parents and need that support from someone. So we have a wide variety of clients and sometimes it's just because they think that the best support they can get is by bringing somebody like us, we're a listening ear. Again, we're non-judgmental, but we're experts in this area so that they know that we're going to give them research-based advice and it's going to be solid and all those good things. Yeah, absolutely. And I can speak to that as well. So I've also patronized like a sister. So for myself, I did, my son is two years old and we had a lot of, a lot of feeding issues when he was born. And I really wanted to delve deeper. I had taken breastfeeding class and birthing class and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I had a lot of resources, but something that I do love so much that Candy just referenced is that like a sister is research-based and yes, you guys totally align with our views as well, that in terms of providers and practitioners and businesses that you patronize, they should fit you. You do not need to fit them. And so choosing like, what is the best fit for you? And so for me, I really felt like, even though I think Brad and I my husband, Brad, and I have discussed, we are really content with our two-year-old with Jamie. We love him so much. We feel really good as a family of three. It's Everything's working for us right now, but there is a heart's desire to have another one one day. And processing through his feeding experience, because it was, it was traumatizing and it was really difficult. And it was just not as much as whenever I was pregnant, anyone said, are you going to breastfeed? I said, it was like a God willing, like an inshallah, you know, where I just right. said, I hope I don't know a plan to breastfeed breastfeed and then whatever happens. And I've expressed to you in the past candy that despite the fact that my mind was so prepared for a litany of things to happen with our feeding journey, my heart said, I'm extended breastfeeding for at least two years. And this is what I want. And this is a part of my vision. And you can control some things of, you can control some things in pregnancy. You can control some things in terms of planning and goals for birth. You can't control much of anything with your baby, like they just who they are and their temperament and everything and having for us. So I had my son March 17th, 2020, which clearly the world shut down. And a lot of the lactation consultant support that we had on board to come to homes was not coming. They were not coming yeah. into anybody's homes anymore and they weren't ready for that virtual model yet. And there was, was a really hard gap. time. To have it was a really tough time because it was a real gap in care. And we went and the peds lactation consultant had no time. It was just a really tough time. And so I wanted to take Brad and I both as a really a step towards our healing and making ourselves feel armed for another future pregnancy. We took Candy's one-on-one breastfeeding class, the baby feeding class, sorry, a one-on-one right. baby feeding class. Or feeding refresher. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Feeding refresher. It was so, it was a combo. It was so great. And that is something amazing when you're working with a small business and when you're working with experts in the field, like Candy was able to say, okay, a lot about breastfeeding. Do you want to know about like, the physiology? Do you want to know about trial and error? And she was able to customize that to us. And we really left feeling a really great sense of peace and that we had really done everything that we could do for Jamie and that we were in a really good place. And again, and they give you such amazing resources with the class and that's, that's saved on my Google drive to reference forever. That is, it's such an amazing <laughs> thing to have, because like I said, I don't know if we'll have another one, but that is really important for me to have. And it was just like, it was just such a beautiful experience working with you. And I would just recommend it to everyone. And there are, you're totally right that our needs just vary. I remember when I was doing my doula asked me to fill out some postpartum planning and I was 
not at all prepared, which good for her. She makes all of her clients like fill out a pretty comprehensive postpartum planning plan. Yeah, exactly. She's very smart. And when it got to asking people for help, basically like certain times, certain days, certain types of help that you need, I'll never forget reaching out to one of my friends and asking like, Hey, would, you know, this evening, once every two weeks, would you be able to come over after work and maybe hang out with the baby so I can take a shower or maybe help me do some laundry or whatever. And it was, and she was married, but not a mother at the time. And the response from one of my oldest friends, she was very thrown aback that I would ask someone that I, yeah, that I was asking somebody outside of like immediate family. Like she had never, her friends had not been pregnant yet. I was really one of the first to get pregnant and there wasn't a precedent there of like care and support. And she was very much in the sense of, well, I like work until five 30 every afternoon. And what do you mean? And then when, and I'm really scheduling my time and you want me to do what? And that was really hurtful. And I understood kind of the mindset of coming from married, but childless in this time, kind of living that dual income, no kids, having trips, all this kind of stuff. And I really had to look through that lens in order to not be resentful of that experience and just know that, oh, this is just not at all something that she's accessed yet. But it was one of those things where sometimes people do have people around them geographically that they feel very close to, but who can't access access the headspace of the sort of support that you will need. And sometimes they can't even, the framework is not even there and you can educate your village and you guys have such helpful stuff for educating your village. And I will often repost things that you guys share because I don't want to just send all of your things to my pregnant friends and badger them, but I just share them all in my stories. And I just hope just look and see if they've seen it. But yeah, sometimes there is, there are attitudinal barriers to getting care from people, especially what if somebody does have a really great close family nearby and maybe don't really, haven't really conceptualized that you don't have that or whatever it is. And you guys are there filling that gap. Yeah, absolutely. There's something that I think everybody can use in terms of our services. You it's a, that's a beautiful example. When we do the postpartum planning piece with clients, we actually have a ebook and a workbook that we take them through. You can do it self-guided in a self-guided way, or we can walk you through it. And we have what we call the four pillars of postpartum planning. So mental health, we all know that's really important. Sleep, as in how the adults in the house are going to get sleep. Food, again, for the adults, because the baby's going to get fed and then using your village. And something that is really useful about those conversations is that we give people a little bit of a kind of permission slip, mm-hmm. I think, to say that the people who are quote unquote supposed to be in your support circle or team might not be the best fit. You live mm-hmm. that, Molly. And so people a lot of times feel as if they have to have their mother-in-law, their cousin who has four kids, their best friend or whatever, come and help them. When sometimes it's turns out to be those people that are more of an acquaintance, but who have really been there that know the perfect meal to drop off on your doorstep and then they leave. Or you do need that sort of specialty care. Maybe you end up needing some sort of specialist that you didn't even think you would need. And we can connect you to that. So letting people understand that It's not about how your postpartum experience or your baby feeding experience looks or how it's supposed Mm. to look. It's really about how it feels. And you mentioned sharing our posts on social media. We 
have, we post multiple times a week and we try to have a mix of content that's really educational, but also behind the scenes of our business and inspiring to people. And because we're, we use social media as part of our business and because we ourselves are parents who are on social media, we know that there's this image of this like perfectly curated postpartum or perfectly curated baby feeding experience where you have to eat the perfect foods and you have to have all the expensive gadgets and gear. And there's a lot of, I would say, rules of how to have this perfect experience. And to us, we just throw all of that out because one, appearances are deceiving. And two, that's so limiting, right? If you feel like you can only eat certain foods or only have certain people help you, you might really be missing out on the thing that's going to actually be helpful to you. And it looks really unique for everybody. In the same way, I would say for mental health, what looks good on the outside and how that feels can be really different for people. So we have had clients who let's say are very, have a lot of concerns or anxieties about a certain topic, or they have their baby and they spend a lot of time right? You could look at that from the outside and say, oh, that person might be dealing with some postpartum OCD or anxiety. But if the client in question feels good about it, they're able Mm -hmm. to sleep at night and they feel positive and generally like they're healing, then it really doesn't matter how it looks to us. Um, On the other hand, when Tiffany and I both experiences as new parents, you might have fears and concerns and worries that overtake your thinking. Mm -hmm. And you might start making decisions about where to go and what to do with your baby based on those fears. And from the outside looking in, people can say, oh, you're a new parent. That's Mm -hmm. totally normal. You're going to be worried about those things. But if it doesn't feel good, and this is not a normal way of thinking for me, and this is now becoming debilitating, then that is a red flag for your mental health. And so as side objective third-party support people, as we're talking through people, giving them virtual postpartum support, for example, we can help them identify everybody is unique and your experience is your own. And it's very dependent on how you're feeling and how, what works for your own family, not what you think you should be doing or who you think should be helping you or again, what it looks like on social media or from the outside. So I think that's important to keep in mind, especially because there's so much pressure to have this sort of Instagram perfect birth postpartum experience, baby feeding experience. It's too much. It's too much pressure. Absolutely. And you just don't know. It's one of those things, something that I think is so cool about parenthood and about mothering and postpartum is it's just one of those doors. You can't see what's on the other side until you step through it. And that's just a fact. I know for myself, speaking to that, I have had anxiety and I love working with a psychiatrist and making sure. And I I did elect to take a low dose of Zoloft throughout my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It works really well with my hormones. And then postpartum, the plan was, okay, we'll stay on this like half dose that really, we'll see how do your hormones adjust to this postpartum. And I really felt like I was like, wow, like I'm a very anxious person and I am doing so my hormones are doing so well with this low dose. And then if I had someone like you on my team, you would have said to me like, Hey, I noticed that you feel really strongly about never deviating from your son's nap schedule that you cannot schedule anything or go anywhere during those sleeping hours. You can't take uh, a stronger nap. Flag. Exactly. A common PPA red flag, that rigidity, rigidity with the schedule and lack of compromising. And even for me, like I do like routine, but that's not being, having no ability to be flexible in any way is a big red flag. And that was something I learned about afterwards. And when I did end up getting, I had a really tough time around eight months postpartum, especially as I was weaning. And it was just all those things came to a head and I needed to get support, which I, I did. And that was really helpful for me. But 
learning about things like that and having someone like you would have said, Hey, and just and spoken very kindly and just asked, how do you feel about that? Do you enjoy, or do you feel bound by this? Are you questioning? Like we could have had a really good conversation about it. Right. If you were my client, I would say, is it freeing to you to have that schedule? Mm -hmm. what you expect every day? Or do you feel like you are missing out on things? Is it a fear-based thing or is it because this is what's working best for you? Yes, it, you're right. It's absolutely, a, it's a conversation, right? Because we're not mental health care providers. We can certainly absolutely. refer people to one, but it's about having somebody reflect back to you what's going on. And what's interesting is if our, for our clients that are partnered, especially when we're doing planning before the baby arrives, we end up having a lot of really interesting conversations that people don't think to have. And you've probably mm. experienced too, because you are a seasoned parent. There are just things that come up that you don't even realize are going to be issues or that you need to talk about before. Absolutely. Boundaries. You didn't realize you were going to have to draw, whether that's with friends or extended family or in your relationship. And so as we help people plan for postpartum, we just ask questions and throw out, have you thought about who's going to manage the pet care once Mm -hmm. your baby is here? Right. Or if your first choice feeding option doesn't work out and your baby can't eat that way, What's the plan B and how are we all feeling about it? And it's just getting this conversation started. Again, Tiffany and I aren't going to tell you there's a right way to do something, but just having the conversation is really important. If you like this podcast, please download, share, and review so that we can continue to share our mission more widely and support even more women and women-owned businesses on their wellness journey and self-care journey. You can also find us at www.orthopelvicpt.com on Instagram and YouTube at orthopelvicpt and on TikTok at orthopelvicpt1. At orthopelvicpt, we are primarily pelvic health therapists that practice treating hip pain, low back pain, leakage, postpartum, pregnancy, pubic symphysis dysfunction, prolapse, tailbone pain, and the list goes on and on. Whether you are struggling with acute pain or chronic issues, we would love to chat with you and recommend the next steps of just giving us a call and we'd love to chat today. Thank you.